everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Radiate with Rita podcast, your women's health and wellness podcast. This week, I'm going to spend some time talking about stress because honestly, this is one of the most important factors that I'm taking into consideration when I'm working with my clients who struggle with hormone and gut issues. A lot of time when we think about stress, we think about we're maybe fighting with a partner or we're having a really rough time at work. Life is just super hectic and busy. However, there are a lot of other stressors that we definitely need to be taking into consideration when it comes down to our overall health. And I'm gonna spend some time talking about them. So often I work with women who have these hormone, gut issues, chronic illness, autoimmunity, what have you. And they will make claims like, quote unquote, I am not stressed, but I'm here to let you know if you are struggling with hormone, gut issues, you have poorly managed chronic illness or autoimmune symptoms, then I can guarantee you that you are more stressed out than you realize. Hear me out. First things first, whenever I am referring to stress, I am not referring to the emotion. I am referring to the actual increase in cortisol or other stress hormones that occur as a result of the stressor that is taking place. So there are actually several different kinds of stressors and the categories that I would place them in fall under physical slash physiological stressors, psychological stressors, psychosocial stressors, and psycho-spiritual stressors. But I'm gonna spend some time talking about the physical slash physiological stressors first because these are the ones that tend to get missed whenever people are saying, quote unquote, I'm not stressed out. A lot of these physical slash physiological stressors look like under eating and year round fad dieting. We don't really think about dieting being a stressor, but if you think about it, dieting is controlled starvation. If you are somebody that is skipping breakfast or you're having coffee for breakfast in the morning and you're not eating your first meal of the day till like 2 or 3 p.m., your body is literally going to be running off of stress hormones in order to make the fuel that it needs to get you through the day. If you are running off of stress hormones because you're you know, under eating, then that right there is a stressor. If you are in a place where you are over-exercising, meaning you're doing HIIT cardio five to six days a week, you're doing CrossFit five to six days a week, even though you're not sleeping, you're not supporting your body optimally through your nutrition, you're not optimizing recovery, that kind of thing, or you're just somebody that takes absolutely zero rest days because you've been told that exercising is healthy and you actually struggle with your relationship with exercise and don't understand that we actually do need rest and breaks from exercise, that is a stressor, okay? When we think about stress, we're always just thinking about the emotional aspects of stress and not some of these lifestyle things that are actually driving up our stress levels. If you are somebody that is on the blood sugar roller coaster because you're eating nothing but a Pop-Tart or a bowl of oats for breakfast, that is adding stress to your body. If you're not drinking enough water and you're not drinking enough minerals throughout the day, and I know I've talked about minerals before, but they matter so much. Your electrolytes are so freaking important. 
especially during those periods of stress, because when stress is high, we actually burn through our electrolytes like sodium, potassium, and magnesium at a much more rapid rate. So it's especially important to make sure we are getting enough minerals into our diet um, and not just through like, you know, not just our, our electrolytes, right? We also need, uh, you know, adequate amounts of iron. We need adequate amounts of vitamin A, our B vitamins, choline, that kind of thing. If we have a very nutrient poor diet, this is an added stressor on the body, right? You're not giving your body the nutrients that it needs in order to fully support your hormones to really optimize liver detox, right? Like your body is getting the nutrients that it needs through the food that you are eating. And so many people today are eating a very nutrient void diet. They're eating a lot of low calorie, macro friendly this, macro friendly that. And sure, while these foods might be fitting into their overall daily calorie or macro goal for the day, you know, these foods aren't really providing the body with the nutrients needed to help sustain hormone health, to help sustain and optimize the metabolism. You know, if you are somebody that is constantly sick, you know, this can definitely also be a stressor. We don't really think about chronic illnesses being a stressor, but if you are somebody who struggles with a disease like endometriosis, just having that disease tissue in your body is adding stress. So even if you don't feel like you're stressed out in this given moment, your stress level stress levels are higher at baseline just because of the fact that you have this chronic illness. And I know that that's not in your control, but that's why it's especially important for people who have autoimmunity and conditions like endometriosis to be especially mindful of their stressors. If you are an endometriosis warrior, I promise you, if you try to live the life, you know, your life the way that your quote unquote invincible friends are out here living, you will feel like crap. And I know a lot of you can relate to this because I know at some point in our lives, every single one of us endo babes or chronic illness babes have tried to live our lives like normies out here, but we are not a normie, okay? We are somebody that definitely needs to be focusing on stress and inflammation reduction more than the average person. So I know I just spent some time talking about eating a nutrient poor diet and how much of a stressor that is for digestion and you know just overall health in general. Having gut dysbiosis and infections in your gut are also a stressor that is working in the background that is driving up your cortisol levels. So say for example, you have SIBO, you have H. pylori, you have intestinal parasites. This is actually a stressor in your body that is, you know, like you're experiencing that stressor, even if you're just sitting in your bed and you're not moving, your cortisol levels are going to be higher because your body is actively fighting an infection. Okay, so illnesses, infections, these kinds of things can also be stressors on the body. So again, we have to kind of like look at all the different pieces and not just like look at just emotions and all these other things that are going on in our life because there are a lot of things, you know, like our digestion, our blood sugar, our hydration status, and you know, that kind of thing that can definitely have an impact on our cortisol levels. Another really big physical stressor that I wanna take some time to talk about is endocrine disruptors. And I plan to talk about these in a later podcast episode, but 
I know there's a lot of talk about environmental toxins, endocrine disruptors, and you know, not everyone is in a place to receive the idea that environmental toxins are a problem, but they definitely can be a problem. There are way more toxins in our environment today than there were like 40 to 50 years ago, okay? So we're being exposed to toxins today that people were not being exposed to 40 to 50 years ago. We have all these fragrances, all of these synthetic everything um, in all of our products that we use, our soap, our shampoo, our conditioner, our face wash, our laundry detergent, our soaps, our deodorants, toothpaste, that kind of thing. And then you have larger endocrine disruptors and environmental toxins like mold, um, you know, electromagnetic frequencies, AKA EMFs. And that's found in things like Wi-Fi, right? Like obviously we can't really do much about our exposure to Wi-Fi, right? Like maybe we can cut off our Wi-Fi at night before we go to bed. But if you're somebody who works from home or you work in an office, like you're being exposed to it every single day. So I know that there's only so much we can do from an environmental standpoint when it comes to environmental toxins, right? Like if you live in a highly polluted area, there's really only so much that you're gonna be able to do to prevent exposure to that. And this is where it's really important to make sure you are taking the time to reduce your exposure to some of the toxins where you can. Obviously we can't ever strive for perfection, that's not realistic. But all of these toxins are actually bogging down our body. They're bogging down our livers. If you're you know, somebody who's breathing in black mold every day, that's literally taxing your nervous system. It's taxing your lungs, your brain, your entire body, right? Like it's not just this woo-woo thing that we just wanna like, you know, you know, turn a blind eye to like, you know, mold is a really, really big deal and is a major stressor to the human body. And while I mentioned that over-exercising is a physical stressor, so is not exercising enough or any at all. You know, or if you're somebody that does go to the gym and work out, but you do not go for walks at all, like the only movement you get in is at the gym when you are doing your prescribed strength training session, then you are technically considered sedentary. And being sedentary is definitely a quick way to drive up inflammation in the body. We were meant to be moving. You know, moving helps to support digestion. It helps support blood sugar. It helps to reduce cortisol levels. It has, you know, it has so many benefits to the body. Obviously, like I said, we don't want to be like moving nonstop seven days a week, but definitely trying to get in movement every single day is really important when it comes to optimizing your hormone and your gut health. Okay, now I wanna spend some time talking about psychological stressors. So this is actually a really common one amongst most of the clients that I work with to some extent. First of all, I do not know a single person that has a chronic illness or some sort of autoimmunity that does not struggle with being type A or a perfectionist. Am I saying that it is impossible to find somebody with an autoimmune disease that is not a type A perfectionist? No, but most of us do struggle with some sort of perfectionism. And I'm going to be honest, guys, this is honestly one of the biggest stressors. Constantly placing pressure on yourself with every single thing that you're doing, always striving to be perfect. Like you're adding so much stress to yourself. Um, and we don't really think about how that's impacting us, but it really is. All right. And this perfectionism goes beyond making sure your bed is made perfectly. This can also come down to 
obsessively tracking your macros, not being able to, you know, miss a day of tracking, making sure all your numbers are lined up perfectly. We're really struggling with taking time off of work. If you're an entrepreneur slash content creator, maybe you spend hours making one piece of content because it is not to your liking. And I say this as somebody who has struggled with perfectionism myself, but one, it wastes time, and two, it is literally draining your energy and adding stress to your plate. Not a single one of us are perfect. It is not possible. So allow yourself to one, breathe and just recognize that it's okay if everything is not quote unquote perfect or to our exact liking. A lot of the times we can also feel really overwhelmed and stressed by information overload. Nowadays, like there's so much information on social media and while social media can be really, really awesome, it's a really great way to learn. It's a really great way to connect with people all around the world, share parts of your life, your story, your business, that kind of thing. There is so much information out there and all of it can actually be stressful. So if you're in a place where you're following certain accounts and you're not really aligned with the information that they're posting or you know, you're just seeing so many different accounts with conflicting information, like you get to choose who you want to follow. You get to choose like what you want your feed to comprise of on your social media accounts. You know, you have the option to unfollow, mute people, do whatever you have to do, limit your exposure to social media. If you find that you're somebody who consumes on social media more than produces or, you know, things like that. But There's definitely so much information nowadays and it definitely can add a lot of stress. Another very big stressor that I see a lot with my clients is, you know, self-criticism and self-loathing behaviors. I work with a lot of women who really struggle with body dysmorphia and a lot of them aren't very nice to themselves, right? Like if you're in a place where you're constantly tearing yourself apart, you're being a bully to yourself, right? Like you're speaking to yourself in ways that you would never speak to your friends or other loved ones, then, you know, that is a stressor, right? The body cannot feel safe if, you know, you're constantly playing a very negative narrative in your mind about your life, who you are, all of your quote unquote inadequacies and that kind of thing, you know? So really recognizing that, you know, when you're being mean to yourself, when you're being self-critical, like this is actually increasing and driving up your cortisol levels, even if you are not realizing it. Being scared, being somebody who has a lot of anxiety, being somebody who believes that the world is out to get them at all times, These things are also stressors. And yes, like we don't always have control over our anxiety, but if you're just somebody that's literally like anxious over everything, you're constantly looking for the worst in every single situation, you know, these things can definitely have an impact on your health. And then some of the other stressors that are a little bit more commonly known to us are our like social stressors, right? The things that we have going on in life. Say for example, you're working a job and it's super stressful or you have a boss that like runs you to death and doesn't like appreciate you and your work or you are struggling with your partner or you're in a relationship where you're not really allowed to be yourself or you're in a relationship and your partner is not loyal. These kinds of things can be major stressors. And again, these stressors are more of the common stressors that we think about, right? 
the difficulties with family members or friends, right? The fights that we may have with our loved ones. Maybe you're in a place where you are starting to realize that you're no longer aligned with some of your friends. Say, for example, like you have certain friends who gossip all the time and you realize that it makes you feel really, really yucky. You feel almost worse after you leave hanging out with them um, because of the fact that they spend a lot of time basking in negative energy and gossiping. We don't really think about that being a stressor, but anytime you're really like in a place where you feel like you can't be yourself or you feel worse after that encounter versus better or just good, then that's a sign that this is definitely adding more stress to you and your life. And then some other stressors include things like, you know, not having a stable home life or being in a place where you're moving. Y'all, moving is so freaking stressful. There are no words for how stressful this entire process is. Whether or not you're buying a house and you're just renting and you're moving all your belongings or you're evacuating a home with mold, it is stressful, okay? It is very stressful, right? Like. You know, and it's not necessarily all a bad stressor, but it definitely is still stress and it definitely can have an impact on your cortisol levels. And then there's money, which is a big stressor for a lot of people. And not just like, I don't have the money kind of stress, but for some people, money really activates the nervous system. And I'm gonna be honest with you guys, money does just that for me. I don't know why, I don't know what it is, but literally money can make me go into fight or flight mode so freaking fast. And I think part of it comes down to the fact that when you have a chronic illness, especially one like endometriosis, and you're literally paying for most of your stuff out of pocket, like it can just feel really, really hard to like keep up with the constant demands of trying to stay healthy and whether or not that's the case for you, like money can definitely be one of those things that adds a lot, a lot of stress to people's lives. Um, and like, again, that's another one of those stressors that is a little bit more common to us, right? You know, when people are thinking about stress or they're, you know, they're talking about things that are adding stress to their life, it's usually like, the struggles with relationships, the jobs, the finances. But people really aren't walking around saying things like, oh, I'm stressed out because I had coffee for breakfast and didn't eat my first meal of the day until dinner time, or I didn't sleep a lot last night. We usually just think more about those psychosocial stressors instead of kind of looking at some of those other ones. But those other stressors can for sure impact not just your hormones, but also your gut health, all right? So stress can definitely have an impact on the gut microbiome. This directly impacts the good gut bacteria, but can also allow our bad bacteria to set up shop in our gut for multiple different reasons. Stress reduces the secretion of stomach acid. And if you do not have enough stomach acid in your gut, this can one, not only make it super difficult to digest and break down your food, but this also sends undigested food into your digestive tract, which directly feeds that bad gut bacteria, okay? So again, stress can have a major impact on the gut microbiome. And then if you're in a place where you have dysbiosis, overgrowth infections, that can 
totally create inflammation in the gut and impact the lining of your gut microbiome. So I'm sure you guys have probably heard about leaky gut syndrome, and this is basically when there's increased permeability in the lining of your intestines and your GI tract. So Stress can definitely cause leaky gut syndrome, but so can these bacterial um, and even fungi slash parasitic overgrowth that can occur in the digestive tract. So if you have leaky gut syndrome, you're already at much higher risk for infections, but these infections can also cause leaky gut syndrome as well. And if you are struggling with leaky gut syndrome, then this makes it really difficult for your body to not be inflamed. Because in the grand scheme of things, if you have increased intestinal permeability this allows the contents of your stomach and your intestines to kind of like seep out of your digestive tract and kind of float around in you know in your body and you know end up in your bloodstream which can definitely create a systemic reaction a lot of times when people have leaky gut syndrome they'll experience things like a long list of food sensitivities They'll also struggle with things like joint pain, have a lot of major fatigue and that kind of thing. So again, their, you know, their symptoms will be a little bit more systemic versus just being like all digestion, if that makes sense. But stress can also definitely impact the metabolism, um, you know, and if your metabolism is off, this can definitely impact your ability to lose and gain weight. This can also impact your digestion, your thyroid, like your metabolism controls so much. It's not just your ability to gain and lose weight. It literally controls, you know, so many things in our body all the way down to our body temperature. So we definitely don't want to be pissing off our metabolism. And another thing I want to know is, you know, while depression and anxiety, like these are very, very valid and real conditions. Sometimes these can be majorly exacerbated by poor gut health and stress. So really taking the time to address gut health, really taking the time to, you know, address your mental health. These things can make a big difference when it comes to improving, you know, your overall hormone and your gut health. And not just because of the fact that the brain and the gut are always connected via the gut brain axis, but because of the fact that stress, anxiety, you know, these can actually increase cortisol levels. And if your cortisol levels are chronically elevated, this can have an impact on your sex hormones. This can have an impact on your blood sugar. And if these things are out of whack, then so many other things in your body are going to be out of whack as well. Like, you know, I've talked about this before on my blood sugar podcast episode. If your blood sugar is a hot mess express, this can lead to chronic disease. This can cause inflammation within the body. If your hormones are off, like this doesn't just impact your periods. Your hormones are responsible for much more than just your cycles and fertility. So if you're somebody that is constantly saying you're not stressed out and you have hormone and gut issues, I want you to take the time to look a little bit deeper. I am by no means trying to invalidate your reality, but if you are experiencing hormone and gut issues to some extent, I guarantee you there is some sort of stressor. Whether your stressor is not getting enough sleep at night, eating a very nutrient poor diet, drinking too much caffeine, or alcohol, spending a lot of time stressing out about money, being a total dick to yourself. 
no matter what the stressor is, I can bet money that you have at least one or two different stressors going on that are contributing to your imbalance, whatever your imbalance is. So, you know, like I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, stress is one of those things that I see majorly contribute to people's symptoms. And it's not just stress, it's also nervous system dysregulation which can be caused by a lot of the stressors that I mentioned. But I feel like nervous system dysregulation is like one of those topics that just deserves its own podcast episode because it is so, 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 so important. And honestly, I feel like it's, you know, working to regulate your nervous system is at the root of all healing, whether or not you're just trying to work through some childhood trauma, or if you're somebody that's working to, you know, holistically manage your autoimmune disease and get to a place where you work on healing your digestion. But regardless, if you want to heal Stress has to be addressed and all the different kinds of stress that I mentioned in this podcast episode today. The basis of my one-on-one coaching revolves around helping my clients get to the root of their hormone and their gut issues so that they can feel like their most radiant self yet. I'm currently accepting a few clients for one-on-one coaching in the month of April. So if you have been thinking about working with me, you can apply for a free discovery call using the link in my Instagram bio. Thank you guys so much for tuning into this week's episode. And if you are enjoying this podcast, please take a moment to leave a review, give a rating or share with a friend or someone that you think might benefit from listening to this podcast. See you guys next week.